Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco, Dr. Mm. Scott Cohen, and hello, hello. Uh, welcome back. We uh, we were just outside, yeah. and I don't know where the show's going, by the way, but I needed to talk to you about it's this therapy. particular yep. and, 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 and And getting to know you, not only personally, but on the podcast, I feel like you're not going to be of really good assistance in what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I already know where you're going. All right, tell me. Caruso mm -hmm. is in chef camp. Mm -hmm. All right. For everybody who doesn't know, Caruso's four years old. Obviously, your son. Yeah. Okay. Chef camp. Chef camp, yeah. which is a four-day camp uh -huh. at the mall. They have yeah. this little place where they teach kids how to make food. All right. Monday, it started Monday. Okay. Uh, Lana took them there. He was resilient, didn't want to go in, fit, crying, da, 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 da. As I'm hearing this information, in my head, I'm like, I, I take him tomorrow. And okay, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I, and it's going to sound like I'm bragging. Okay. But I am. Yeah. He doesn't want to be told what to do. It's always on his terms. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. He was in his pajamas. I ain't changing my pajamas. I said, "Oh, great! That's so. You know what? It's it's right in your pajamas to chef school day. Brilliant. I went instead of being defensive and combative. Mm -hmm. I gave in to him. Okay. And my my plan was, I'll change him when we park. Okay. Great. He's. I go. You know what? We're even gonna go in the car with no shoes or socks. Mm. Yeah, like a bonus, <laughs> which he's seen his mom do many, many times. So <laughs> it's all in the family. <laughs> so I take him. We change. We're going as we approach. We're getting closer. He starts to, you know, kind of go behind me. Starts to hug my leg a little bit. But I go, "Come on, Caruso, get in there. Put him in there." And walked away. There was no goodbye. Like right. he was going to the army or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> which which Lana tends to do. Goodbye, it's a, it, it seems right. like if you rip the It's a workup, yeah. yeah. So I didn't leave. You could still see me. Yeah. And he's the type of guy that susses out the situation and then gradually participates. Mm -hmm. From 9 to 12, he was in there. He came out. He was so proud. He made pasta salad. I, I tasted it. I was very complimentary. So proud of you, buddy. I can't uh, wait to show this to mommy. I made it really a big deal because what I wanted to do is set a precedent so he would feel like he would want to do this again. Empower him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Came home with the pasta, shared it with everybody at the house. Serafina and him had the pasta for dinner. Mm. They ran out of pasta, but they still had toppings left like cucumbers, tomatoes, and garbanzo beans. Uh, Caruso's like, let's make more pasta. We, we make pasta. He's tasting the pasta to God. see if it's ready. I'm like, this is, we're in. Let's right, get the chef. Yeah. All right. Today comes, I said, listen, you got to take him. We're podcasting today. And I get a call. I'm a, he won't go in. He's crying. So I FaceTime her, mm -hmm. and he's there, bawling on the ground. On FaceTime, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to, Pat myself on the back through FaceTime. Mm -hmm. I get him to stop crying. I mean, God. Oh, that's, yeah, it's impressive. I go, buddy, 
what am I going to eat if you don't cook? Yeah. He starts to smile, right? I'm relating it to, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you don't do something, daddy ain't going to eat. Whatever. Yeah. Smiling, smiling. And I don't know, the phone hung up. But I'm like, all right. I, you know, I did what I could. <laughs> For I was, <laughs> right. Right. From a different zip code, you did as much <laughs> as you could do. question to you yeah. and again i know you're not the behavior no i police. think you're, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised by my answer okay here. well i'm gonna set this up all right because this is bi- our biggest hurdle with the kids right now mm-hmm. lana tends this is my assessment lana has set a precedent over the last four years with him and she will argue this that mommy is easy mm-hmm. to manipulate yep and Lana blames it on it's a different relationship I have with him. He's you know, he came out of me. There's an attachment mm-hmm. issue there, you know. And Aaron gave birth to your kids. Right. Right. And there's no attachment at all. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but like she has set a precedent right. where probably that stuff never flew with her. Right. right? And it's it was from the onset. I feel we are getting to a tipping point mm-hmm. with him where this is this is going to be a problem moving right. forward. Now, yeah. your assessment. No, so you know I feel obviously parents can parent different ways, but in this case, I actually agree with you because I think first of all, kids know who they can manipulate. Mm -hmm. The fact he went in yesterday and he was fine tells you he can do it, Mm -hmm. right, behaviorally. And I agree, I think, and it depends on the child and the child's personality, but in this case with Caruso, it should be a mommy loves you kiss, ushered in and you're and then you're done and this these classes in these schools are usually really good with it even if a child's upset at the beginning if mommy and daddy aren't there to get to give the attention the child's looking for usually after a couple minutes you know they're with gen pop they're entertaining and they're they're cooking and he's doing everything we see this in preschool i don't know if it happened with either one of your kids i remember when my kids in preschool there was always one child who every time they got dropped off you saw them i mean hysterically screaming and then after five Five, 10 minutes, you know, they integrate into the group and they're having fun. And I actually like schools and classes that tend to do shorter drop-offs with parents. Like mm. there are some places that they tell the parents, we want you to stay for the week. And the first day you're going to stay yeah. for three hours and then two hours. I think for most kids, that's really hard on them, especially the kid that has trouble separating. I think that's worse because if your parent is there, you're never going to try. You're going to be at their hip. You're going to be crying. You're not going to be playing. But if you can say, hey, mommy loves you, daddy loves you, and you're out of there, I guarantee if you call in 15 minutes, the, the teachers are like, hey, they're having fun they're playing they forgot all about it and you reinforce how great it was at the end of the day so i agree with how you did it. okay i appreciate that but i can tell you what happened she left him there she walked away yeah to go do something in the mall yeah come get him so they called yeah so he wasn't calming down no yeah i mean the problem is this is a short class and there's a part where it's a disruption to all the other kids so yeah. i think they're stuck yeah in that case but what do you think would have happened if you dropped them off today you don't think any of it would happen? I would have been eating pasta salad tonight. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm starving. I got yeah. nothing to eat for dinner. And yeah. uh, does and, he have it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna take. You're him gonna tomorrow. take him now. 
Yeah. This becomes an issue because now, and again, I don't, I don't want to get into therapy here, but when I go down, and we haven't even talked about this yet because we didn't have time to talk about it yesterday. She was one place, I was another. We didn't cross paths, right? So now I got a taste in my mouth right now mm-hmm. going back down after this podcast, right? I'm going to go back down. Right. And now I'm going to have, uh, and I guess it's the way I put things too, which if you do any type of self-improvement or self-work in a relationship, mm-hmm. they always tell you to tell the other person, you know, when you do that, it makes me feel. <laughs> right. Under a yeah right that's right. The, that's it right right I, listen I like this is the way I work it in a relationship mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting you're doing it wrong <laughs> Maybe fix it okay right. now right. I'm right you're wrong yeah. uh-huh. okay uh-huh. and there's times you're right and I'm wrong right I just feel I'm a little bit more. Uh, I could assess my actions and go yeah it probably wasn't the right thing mm-hmm. to do. Where she can assess that this is probably not the right way to go. Right. And I don't know how to handle it. Can, can you assess your actions when it's wrong? She'll probably disagree. Uh-huh. But I feel like I can take a step back. Okay. And go, yeah, probably shouldn't have yelled at him then. And you pivot. Know. Yeah. And, yeah. and work on it because I've done this. I've yeah. done this. And I'm not saying she's a bad mother. I'm not saying any no, of this. Of course I'm just not. saying in this particular situation with discipline and structure, and we dealt with this with Marcellus mm-hmm. in talking with Marcellus Wiley, that, you know, he doesn't overparent. He kind of lets the kids find their own and then props them up. Right. However, I think you do have to give some type of boundaries and parameters when it comes like we're going to school you must go and do this right because what happens is in my opinion is the kid then sees this as being not something he has to do it's like it's optional right right so yeah and i think unfortunately in this case because what the class is a week right it's four days yeah four days and what is it how long is he there Three hours. Three hours. And and maybe the case that you do have to take him because the solution, if Lana takes him, he's just so used to just getting what he wants that it may be in this case you do because there's only such a short amount of time that the school, the camp, whatever can't accommodate because it's interruptive to everybody else. That's the issue. Okay. So in this case scenario. Okay. Moving forward though. Right. Then you guys got to be on the same page. I'm out of town. I mean, I can't always take the no, kids. No, right? I, so but I think you keep doing. He has to see that even with her, honestly, if there was more time, I just worry that he'll do it, do the exact same thing for the next two or three days, and then the class is over. But if it was if it was school, for example, what I would say is actually she takes him and she does the exact same thing every day. Mommy loves you and drops him off so that he recognizes that, yeah, if he cries and gets upset for the first 15 minutes or the first hour, he still has to stay. And then once he realizes that and he's okay with it, then he'll be okay with mommy doing it. I just don't know if there's the amount of time to do it in this scenario. Well, that's the problem. You mentioned like Drop off and goodbye. Yeah. My wife acts like the kids going into the right. Marines, <laughs> and there's like, I go just drop him off yeah. and get the hell out of there. Well, he, he just because when I 
drop him off. He looks lost. He's let him be lost. Right, right, right. Let him find. Right. And there are some kids that you can sit there and hang out, and the kid goes and plays with the friends and comes back, and hey, mommy, and does it. And then there are some kids you know if you are there, they are not doing anything except trying to get away out yeah, with you. That's it. So you just have to know which your kid is, and then uh, you know adapt to that. I treat the drop offs, yeah, like a military mission, right. You go in, even when I pick them up, right. you go in, right. you Pull get the, the asset, and, and, you, and you get in the <laughs> chopper, and you get the hell out of there. Done. There's no like time to sit there and coddle right. and this and that and the other thing. I'm not saying be an ass. I've done it with Caruso where I go in and say, okay, buddy, put your bag down. Okay, we play little blocks. Hey, okay, and yeah. I'm gone. It's right. not like, it's it just seems like, right. I don't know, it's a mother, and they have different... Right. But there are, like you said, there are non-negotiables, right? You yeah. have to go to school. So I'm not, you have to be here. So you're going to stay here. Yeah. So this is the hurdle yeah. this week in my marriage and parenting. Have you, have you come across any hurdles or everything's just, just beautiful at your house? So Aaron, well, <laughs> everything's beautiful at my house. No, I, you know, my, my wife took my older one on a trip this week. So I was alone with uh, my 13 year old and uh, the hardest part being with a young teenager is that I wanted to make it a fun like daddy daughter week. So I was bringing out a lot of options and I was told that, you know, let her pick things she enjoys doing, not things that I want to do, right? It's about her. So, oh, do you want to go to the movies? You want to invite a friend? Let's go to dinner. Do you want to go, you know, do, let's go play tennis. You like tennis, do those things. All these sound great. Right. But I was getting a lot of, no, I want to just stay at home. And then... I was sort of stuck because then what am I doing? I'm going to force a 13 year old to have fun. And then so I, I, I was really stuck. I didn't know what to do. And I ended up almost being sort of stuck in my home because she didn't want to do it. And again, it's not about me, but I really wanted it to be more of a bonding moment with her and it ended up, I wanted to do those things, but I also wanted to abide by what she wanted to do. So it's sort of like what you said. It's, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. What would you have done? Would you have forced it? Well, here, here, this is the problem I think in with parenting nowadays. Yeah where we are so like what do you want i know right what do you want to do you want to stay home <laughs> yeah yeah and growing up it was like get in the car right we're going to the baseball game now did i want to go no but like then he went and then all of a sudden oh, okay we're in it right. it's it's fun it's fine peanuts uh -huh. oh i didn't know peanuts it's finding that balance. And I didn't know how much to push it because you're right. In the back of my mind is I want our relationship to be a, a good one. I don't want her to be more upset. Mm. And so how much do how much do I push it? We did, we, you know, we had a couple, you know, one day I she invited she had tennis lessons with a friend, and then I took her up to the swimming pool and she hung out with her friend all day. So she had like a, a fun day with her friend and I was it's a there. Fun week. And uh <laughs> And look, overall it was great, but but it, as a parent, it was a difficult thing because I didn't know how much to push it. It'd be interesting from our viewers who have teenagers, how much do you force it? To, when when teenagers often just want to be in their room. Yeah, I see that that I would have a hard time with because you think, hey, it's it's daddy. Right. Why wouldn't you want to go play right. tennis with daddy? Right. And then when they're like, Yeah, dad, you know, no, I'm, I'm gonna good. be on my phone with my friend. Yeah. I would feel 
sad. Yeah, I was. I, I would literally go in my bedroom and ball. Yeah, if my daughter didn't want to like hang out with me. So where right now, what I'm doing is because I know this is coming. Mm-hmm. I am trying to. Yeah, when we're in, um, I did this game last night. By the way, I got. Yeah. <laughs> You're making things up. I love it. I had them both. Lana had one out with her girlfriends for dinner. I had them both, uh, both my son and my daughter. I go, we're going to play a game called teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play the teacher. You're going to be the students. Okay. And I got to give it to myself on my, <laughs> my improv skills. <sighs> I had other students in the class that weren't even there. <laughs> That I was reprimanding. Oh wow! Right now, this yeah. this takes skill. Yeah, they're there, and I said, you know, their names were Serafina Caruso, and I said, excuse me for one second. Yeah, Timmy, <laughs> you know, this is a form of early dementia, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does he talk to invisible objects? Yes. Does he reprimand? Okay, sorry. The acting. Mm-hmm. Was so good. Yeah, they turned to look for a Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they turned around. And like, is, like, is another is another kid in the room? And I reprimanded Timmy and yeah. said, "We, it, this is another. Oh God, I was parenting right. while playing, and I, and I'll show you how I did this. I go, Timmy, we do not talk out of turn while the teacher is talking. Mm-hmm. So." Not not disciplining them, right? Disciplining so that, a, like an it. imaginary yeah. friend, yeah. And they, you know, and I did, I did. It. It's on video. I have a Nest camera, yeah. So we got to show. I got to we'll rip it. it. I'm gonna yeah. rip it. This just happened last night. I didn't have time to to rip the video. And Lana doesn't even know I did yeah. this. So I did about thirty minutes of play, and I don't know if you can remember, but it, it reaches a point where the play, mm-hmm. I, I've reached my. Yeah. You're just done. We're done. Yeah. And and to rewind earlier yeah. in the day, and this is part of being a fifty year old yeah. parent, I was playing Legos with Caruso. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the Legos they give you instructions on yeah. how to build the Legos. Twenty minutes I'm sitting there putting them pieces together. Yeah. I fell asleep putting the Lego <laughs> I was laying down. And I and I fell asleep while putting Legos together with him. And he's hitting me with Legos going, Daddy, Daddy, get up. And I pop back up. And it's like, my God. I mean, listen, for you that that, that listen to this that yeah. don't have kids, yeah. it, it is exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting. But here's the question. I mean, would this work for marriage? Could I be like, Juliet, tell your husband Maybe. to be nice to him. Aaron. Did you? I mean, look, no. with your wife, right. she would totally see right through. That. Yeah, you, you don't think I could do the imaginary <laughs> wife? <laughs> Parenting is exhausting. It's it's tough. It's a tough, you know, and and it's it. So I'm trying to get the kids to bed, yeah. but they still wanted to play school. But it's over, right? School's like, over. Like, Daddy, but it's good. You just say the bell rang and school is over. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I did. That. I said, but then I started to get hot. Then, then then it goes from like, hey, everybody at school, get to bed. You know, like, like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, it goes from fun to not. It does. 
I, um, I think we do, you know, like remember the show Wife Swap? Remember yeah. that show? Yeah, yeah. They should have, I've always said, they should have child swap. So kids go to other people's houses and they get disciplined by other parents and they really see how it is. I just wonder, the problem with it is that I think my kids would be perfect angels at somebody else's house. You mm. never know. They would never act at times the way they do in my house, but it would be, you know, throw them in a farm in Idaho, bale and hay, and let's see how good they realize they, they have it. Um, all right, what else we got on the bag? We're going to jump right in to the mailbag. Hi, I'm Noah from Atlanta. My four-year-old daughter has started to stutter when she's excited or nervous. Should we seek a speech therapist or is this something she may outgrow? Did your kids ever stutter? No, but I have seen Caruso. My question to you yeah. in regards to speech in kids I see more with Caruso than I did with Serafina. Sure. I think Serafina was very articulate at a young age and speaking in you know fluent sentences. And with him, mm. it seems a little um, delayed. Not mm. not that he's slow. Right. It just seems like I'm attributing it to boys. Yeah. Are slower than. Yeah. Girls, girls. are smarter than us at every stage of development. <laughs> we're, we're just louder, I think, is what happens. I don't know how we run anything because, yeah, we're but just like cavemen. Our boys, um, is boys speech? No, you know what it is, actually? It's the boys who are actually normal and the girls are actually ahead, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. So we see this a lot. So usually around a year of age, kids don't have many words. They have maybe a couple, mama, dada, and it still could be very indiscriminate, so they're not saying it specifically to you. And what we discuss between year one and year two is that there's two types of language. It's what you understand and what you say. Understanding comes much faster than speaking, especially in boys. Again, our speech tends to come later. But 12 to 18 months, I only care about what a child understands. And 18 months to two years is word explosion. So they may gain literally three to five words between 12 to 15 months and maybe another five to 10 in the following three months. But what we want to see is the understanding. So we want to see that they're responding to their name. They're looking when you point, they're following commands, they're imitating, they're showing interest, and they're attempting speech, all the inflection babble. And when they say things, it's not like dad or ball. It's usually and ba means ball and you know it and I know it and nobody else. But the two predictors of good future language is the understanding and the attempt at speech. And the biggest word explosion in the first two years is between 18 months and two years. And it's actually 21 to 24 months. By two years of age, we're expecting kids to start to put two words together, but it's like cavemen, right? Like me up, me up. You know, it's like how you talk on your, yeah. your act. Yeah. Uh, about a 50 word vocabulary and about 50% intelligible to strangers. So it's not articulated well. And then between two and three, sentence structure gets better. They're learning proper pronouns and tenses. By three, they're doing like full sentences that are about 75%. And then by four, we expect 100% intelligible speech. To this point, stuttering often happens well, after what age is, two. Explain. Yeah, yeah. 
what is a stutter and why is it happening? Right. So typically at this age, it's not like a stutter that adults get that you're that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It is developmental and you're going to outgrow it. Stuttering is repeating the sounds or the words mm -hmm. because typically your brain's going one speed, your mouth's going another. So you're trying to say something. You have a lot to say. You know what you want to say, but you can't get it out. And it's very common in the two to six year range. And I often see it in kids who are much more precocious. So you take that two year old go two-year-old girl, the boys are like, me, uh, and the, the girl's like, hey, daddy, I want to go down the slide, which is typically whenever a two-year-old boy comes in, they're always mentioning their best friend who's a girl because- Again, the boy's normal, the girl's way ahead. And then that girl starts to have stuttering because they're speaking so much. They have so much going on that it causes a stutter. We never worry about that. We tell parents, don't interrupt them. Don't tell them to slow down. Let them work it through. And usually it's a phase. There is, I can think of less than a handful of kids in 20 years that it got so bad where the child becomes self-conscious. They don't want to speak because they recognize they're stuttering, where then we do speech to help them out. But usually we let it be and they outgrow it. And it tends to be the kids who are actually more verbal who do it because, again, brain's going one speed, mouth's going the other. But it's hard as a parent to hear it because you're like, ah, why are they doing it? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, also, in regards to speech, when kids develop a lisp, uh -huh. is that just a natural thing? Mm -hmm. Is that through uh, pacifiers? What, 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 is, what is the- No, I mean- Again, articulation at different ages is normal. So like we said, at two, we only expect to understand 50% of your speech. At three, 75, and at four, 100%. But four-year-olds commonly list sounds, R's. It's not rabbit, it's wabbit. THs or Ds. So it's not rather, it's rather. Um, Ls are common, lello uh, instead of yellow. Um, SHs instead of ship, sip. So they call those the four to six, I call them the four to six year sounds because they're actually normal for a child. Like I know when you say wabbit, you meant rabbit. Mm. So as long as I understand 100%, having those lists are normal and they typically resolve themselves by six years of age. If they're still there by six or kindergarten age or people are having trouble understanding you or you're dropping syllables, like instead of rabbit, you said abbot, that's when we talk to speech therapists and help them with their articulation. Got it. Yeah. Just um, blew your mind, all this speech just flowing no, out of my mind. I'm, I'm telling you, my sister listens to the podcast, and every time she listens to the podcast, there's some type of nugget of information she walks away with going, oh, I didn't know that. And I think the more people that have the information and yeah. are armed with it makes your job a lot less uh, stressful because – People just know the answers before they even ask the questions. I don't, right. Then I could just not work. Then you could retire. Right. I uh, be a robot. Just play golf. <laughs> so we got pop a quiz. Pop a quiz. Interesting, these questions, as I look at them, are more like sort of questions you would have for me, but they're dad questions. Okay. So uh, how do you remove chewing gum from a, from clothing? Do you have a, a remedy for that? I remember this one. I've never done this, though. Chewing gum from... This, this is gum, I'm going actually back yeah. to childhood. Uh, I, I don't remember. Maybe like you put ice on it, ice. You freeze it, and you scrape it. it. Does that work though? I feel I like it's a so. lot of work. I, I think, think you so. just throw it out. 
<laughs> this is going to be really, if you get this one, <sighs> we're going to have to I send mean, a, if, it's, if you get this one, yeah, we are going to have to send a letter to Cornell going, great job. Yeah, but Cornell didn't team. It's just me. Okay, about we, medicine. We, we, oh, Miami. Yeah, yeah. Miami. Children's Hospital, Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. About how many bones does a baby have at birth? At birth? Over 300. 300. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you, you we always say the skeleton has 206 because a lot of the bones fuse, right? The bones in your skull fuse um, so that it decreases. You have 206. So your your bones at birth yeah. are less than what they are right no, now. No, you have more. More bones at birth. Yeah. Your birth, you have more bones. Right? More bones. Or more bones. Yeah. Right, because think about like, when you're born, all the plates of your skull, for example, are all separate. And then as you grow, the sutures close and the, your skull becomes one big. I had no idea. Yeah. Do you remember? All right. Because your kids are, are going through this. Stages of car seats. Oh, Take yeah. me through the different car seats, stages, and when it happens. Okay. So I have a problem with the way the law is currently set up with okay. car seats. Good. I'm glad you have a problem with governmental regulations yes yeah what's your problem so you get the car seat i think it's like the baby seat the infant seat that they come home with and it's one that you could carry i think you have that from what i remember it's amazing what you forget yeah six to six months to a year okay probably have that that's good maybe even sooner uh or less uh and then you have one i feel that caruso's been in between the ages of one and four and a half five okay and then what well, we have Serafina in currently right. could be breaking the law. Okay. <laughs> so we'll edit it out if it is, yes. <laughs> what do you what do you have her in? It's not a car seat. It's a, a it's booster. like a it's like a booster seat. Yeah. She's six. Yeah. I believe she's over fifty yeah. three, so fifty four. Totally pounds. legal. Okay. Totally Fine. legal. Yeah. But here's where I, I differ. Okay. I feel as mm-hmm. a parent, yeah. especially a father with a daughter, my daughter mm-hmm. should be in the front seat with me. Oh, no. All right? Nope, nope, nope. I, I, I don't know, nope, nope. Yeah. But why no, though? Why no? Yeah, why no? I'm, I'm. Why do you surmise? It's a, yes. it's a safety issue. She's small. If you get hit, she could probably go under the seatbelt. Okay. Um, airbag. The, the airbag's more dangerous. Airbag, I didn't even think accident. of that. Yeah. Okay. Airbag hitting her. I mean, uh, this is what I've been doing with my daughter. Uh huh. <laughs> we live here in a gated community. Yeah. Side there's, not, car. there's no traffic. <laughs> when we get in the gated community, uh-huh. she drives to the house on my lap. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, you shouldn't say this to me. Okay. <laughs> what is the harm of her in my lap, steering the wheel? I got my hands on the wheel. Uh huh. I, you've seen this neighborhood. I get it. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you do this if if you if you had the situation where it's gated and there's no traffic in like your own driveway? No. Yeah, from the from the gate to my what, driveway. I don't know. I'm a what if guy. What if? What if what? What if like you get hit by something or something pulls out in front of you and she's not appropriately buckled and then she yeah, but, but hurts herself the, or the, something. The, 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 I know the level of risk like it's not likely. I know. And it's and fun. It's fun. And yeah. It's a teachable moment because <laughs> uh-huh. and I don't know if this is this I could can't be a, wait till she goes to school and tells her teacher that. 
I'm telling everybody right I know, now. It's great. Believe me, I the way I grew up, I there was kids right, driving a tractor. Six. Exactly, <laughs> you're on the tractor in the neighborhood. <laughs> the mowing, you were on probably the riding lawnmower at three and a half. I didn't have a riding lawnmower. I had oh, a uh, push uh, lawnmower. Well, no, we had we had a Toro. Oh, so you could hit and, and hit it and, and boom! All right. so, uh, unbelievable. So you're good with these. So yeah, so rear facing car seat. Up until now, they ch- the rules keep changing. When our kids were younger, it was a year. Now they recommend rear facing till two. You're right. So the infant car seat, you have to go every one they make for a different height or weight because they want you to just buy more car seats. Most mm-hmm. of them you outgrow around a year of age based on your weight or height, but you want rear facing till at least two. And then if you still fit in it, you can stay rear facing till you outgrow it. They found that, you know, parents always say, oh, like rear facing their arms and legs are like smushed. But the real reason is they found core injuries. You are five times more likely to have a more severe bodily injury at that age if you were facing forward than rear. So rear facing to at least two, then you turn them forward facing, and then you go to a booster. This changed to your, when you're four, you have to be at least four years old and 40 pounds. So Serafina can do it. Wait, wait, boost. So Caruso could go on a booster. If he's four and 40 pounds. He's four, he's tipping 38. So yeah, another so, two pounds. Yeah, you can go. And then you're in a booster. It's not a height or weight. It's a, a size till you're four foot nine. So 57 inches. And the reason if you think about it is you have to be the right height where the seatbelt is over your shoulder and over your hip, not on your neck and not on your stomach. So when you fly like that, Mm. the truth is nothing should really be age or weight because everybody's different. It should really be size. And then they recommend not being in the front seat till you're 13. Oh God. I gotta wait another seven years. (laughs) Well, no, she'll be driving before. Well, that. no, we'll I mean, be driving at this. Uh, they didn't nine. say anything about driving. There's no rules about when she can drive, but the, <laughs> the passenger front seat, 13. That's got to be state by state, though. That's yeah, not a federal there's law, different, right? Yeah. Aubrey used, to, Aubrey used to call me on this. She's like, Dad, all my friends sit in the front. I know all your friends sit in the front. You still can't because as a pediatrician, I used to drive. We have a van. I used to go to all the soccer tournaments with her, and all the kids wanted to be in the van. And- I would have six booster seats in the back because Aubrey was the tallest and I knew she needed to be in one. And I said, if you have to ride in my car, you have to be in a booster. And they'd all say, but my parents don't make me be in a booster. And I just saw that like news article, you know, pediatrician drives van of girls not properly attended to. So I had to follow the rules. Okay. 13 in the front seat. What I want you to do, Lee, is look up. by state. California's 13. Okay. What state has the lowest age requirement? To, to sit in the front seat. Don't don't give me an answer. I want you to guess what state and how is old state? is it. I have a I have a state in my in my mind. What state? What are you thinking? Arkansas, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> my guess is eleven years old. Uh huh. Mississippi. Oh, so we're we're in the same area. Do you have a guess? I I wonder if some states don't even have a rule about the front seat. What is the first line treatment for Otis Media? <laughs> Otitis Media, amoxicillin. God, um, but you know that. No, but that's 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 oh, pediatrics one on one. That's ear infection. Oh, okay. But Otis Media is good too. Otis Media, no ear infection. So we start with amoxicillin. I don't know when can you uh, when can you introduce peanut butter. And when can you introduce honey to a child? Both after, uh, first of all, honey after one. Yeah. Why? 
remember? God, see, this is this is the problem. Remember? Retention. Not, yeah. Not an allergy. You'll know. You'll be like, oh man. Botulism. So, oh. Botulism. So botulism is a spore that can travel in the air and possibly could get stuck into really we're talking raw honey and then if you ate it under a year of age it causes a floppy baby it's extremely rare have I've you actually seen it? had yeah yeah i've had a, i had a patient very interesting story probably the only one i'll ever see in my career came in at a six-month visit and he's sitting on his mom's lap and he's like this like a rag doll and a six-month-old should have some tone so I picked him up and I put him on the table on his back and I pulled him up to a seated position. And again, when you do that with a six month old, they should they should do this, they should lead. And he was like a rag doll. And I asked the mom, how long has he been like this? And she said, well, it's been a couple of days. I thought he was coming down with something, but we had this visit, so we didn't come in earlier. And um, I said, you know, have there been any honey? They said, no. And has there been construction around the house? Because the, the probably the main reason people get botulism is environmentally, the dust and the spores come up. Um, and they said, there's construction around the house. And I said, I, I, you know, I'm probably wrong. You're probably gonna think I'm crazy. I think there's a possibility as botulism, we go to children's hospital because they have, there's an antitoxin to it. Antitoxin is very interesting because during, during the, the the wars in the Middle East, people were worried that they were going to use botulinum toxin as like for warfare. So we took the antitoxin and it's stored in one place in the United in the Midwest. It's under like military control. So you have to get it from this one place and they fly it. They ship it to the hospitals to give it if you have um, botulism. So that's what they did. And this kid got a couple of vials of it and, and recovered. Thankfully. I heard something similar to that story. I don't know if it was you telling us that story or somebody else saying that they had to have botulism flown. I think it was to Europe mm. because of something. Yeah. It's uh, very, it's very, you know, it's, it's monitored because we have to have control of it. Well, it's very interesting and very, very rare. And thankfully, the kid, the child did well. So typically what happens is they're floppy. They have a history of not pooping. That's another question you asked. When was the last time they pooped? They couldn't remember the last time the kid pooped because everything's slowing down. Um, and you actually can take a while to make the diagnosis because you make the diagnosis by testing their poop. But if they're not pooping, you have mm. to wait. And then you give them the toxin. In very severe cases, the child will stop breathing. So that's wow. why you have to pick it up before it happens. So that's why no honey till a year. Though people sometimes people question whether truly it is in honey and it really is all just environmental. And then peanuts, we used to say no peanut butter till three years of age, which is totally not true. And now we learned early introduction of allergens, especially like peanuts, fish, eggs. You want to start in the beginning because early introduction decreases allergies early on. So as soon as we start solids at four to six months of age, we introduce all allergens. Okay. <sighs> there you have it, people. Cornell, Miami, <sighs> higher education, NIU, dummy. Another great episode. Another great Daddy episode. versus doctor. Daddy versus doctor. Again, share this with five people that you know who are not only parents, but maybe parents that are going to be parents pregnant what have you i think the podcast has a lot of information for you guys if this podcast was around when the kids were really young and i was becoming a new parent it would have been an unbelievable reference and for me. i would have gotten a lot less phone calls from him
The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.